The good folks at Comics for Fun and Profit have been doing two episodes a week um, for quite some time now, and it's all thanks to, first of all, Jason, and second of all, our patrons, who allow us to add the space on our server, broadcast more, store more, share more with you listeners. I'm envious of those of you who have unlimited storage and media server capabilities. We we pay for ours here at, at the C4FAP. It ain't cheap. We thank you so much for those of you who go to patreon.com slash comicsfunprofit and contribute at any level to say thanks, to say I want to be a part of your Slack channel, conversations. I want to get exclusives. I want to get early access. I want to get ad-free access. I want to get swag. I want to get some free stuff. Whatever your reasoning is, we appreciate it at any level because it does make a difference. So from the bottom of Kyle and I and Jason's heart, thank you for contributing. Aloha! This is Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I will be interviewing writer Richard Momsen. He's here to promote an original graphic novel by water, the Felix Mons story. This graphic novel was co-written um, by Richard and Jason L- Lansell. Is that, I'm sorry. That's is, correct. Jason Lansell. Mm-hmm. Lansell. Okay. And art by Sanka Banerjee. And um, this graphic novel is from um, Plow Publishing. Is that correct? That is correct. Plow. Oh, I'm sorry. Plow. Okay. Um, so this graphic novel will be available when this interview is released. Richard, welcome to the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks so much for having me, Jason. I'm doing great. Looking forward to talking to you. No, thank you very much, Richard. Now, Richard, I'll be honest with you. I, I try to, you know, I, I scoured the internet. Um, I um, I try to look up some, you know, some of your information, um, you know, um, of, you know, of, you know, um, what kind of work you do. Now, and also to add to, and of course, I also looked through what Hannah sent me um, through the press release. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, that you are a screenwriter, a podcast producer, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, an archivist and records manager at the Brudenhof Historical Archives. Is that correct? And yeah, the, the Bruderhof is, uh, is, an, is an Anabaptist intentional community um, that I'm mm-hmm. a member of. Yeah, so I've done a number of different things. And um my work as a script writer, um, both for uh, video on on internet platforms, and also I've done some film and um, then some for script writing for the stage. That's what kind of uh, got me into this project uh, because you can kind of look at a graphic novel in a way as as a movie, right? Yes. Um, you're you're you have somebody who's a creative director, you have a script writer, and uh, you have an artist. Um, so my job was to to work on the story arc and um and on the dialogue and um and then i passed it on to jason who was more of what you would think of as the producer director um Mm -hmm. for the book he is an artist himself and 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 actually drew a lot of the concept um drawings but then we brought on sanka Banerjee, who's an artist um uh in calcutta india um who's had a lot more experience than either jason and uh, or i in in making producing graphic novels and we asked him to actually um, do the final artwork. Oh. So that was that was how the partnership worked out. And it was a really fun, uh, creative working together, um, all of us from kind of different backgrounds. 
oh yes it's incredible and then for um and if i got and if i remember correctly i, I looked at um i looked up um sanka's um some one of his passwords that he's done in graphic novel form was the Count of Monte Cristo, if I remember correctly. And, I, and I'm sorry, listeners, I don't know what publishing he went through with that, but I know he did the artwork on that. Yeah, yeah you should definitely check uh, Sanka out. He's um, he's uh, uh, Banerjee.Sanka on Instagram, and you can see a lot of his artwork samples. He's, um, he's Hindu, um, so a lot of his work relates to um, sort of myths and, um, you know, similar... Uh, similar material from mm -hmm. his his religious background and cultural mm -hmm. background. So very interesting stuff. Yes. So, okay. Now, before I start the interview, I want to give Hannah Bahedri of Superfan Promotions a big shout out for asking us, the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast, to do this interview. And she did all the work behind the scenes, ranging from coordinating this interview and providing me a review copy of By Water. Now, and I also want to give a shout out to a friend of the show, um, because um, Richard, you talked to Brad Gullickson of the Comic Book Couples Counseling, because um, I got some of um, some of my information from Brad's article, Knocking the Dust Off History with Bywater, the Felix Mann story. And that um, that is a written article um, that's dated on March 11th. And if you and listeners, if you guys get a chance, please check out that written interview that Brad and Richard um, did. It's it's very good. So yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, it was, it was great talking to him. Now, before I start, um, where can listeners follow you on social media? So I myself am not on social media, but you can follow, um, <laughs> you can follow Jason Lanzel, Lanzel, who's the creative director and, you know, artist uh, behind Bywater. He's at Jason Lanzel, J-A-S-O-N-L-A-N-D-S-E-L on Instagram. And uh, also check out uh, Sanka Banerjee, as I mentioned, Banerjee.Sanka um, on Instagram as well. And then um, if you're on Twitter, we have a handle for the book. It's at Rad Ref Heroes, um, Heroes of the That's Radical right. Reformation. Yes. And uh, you can also follow the publisher where you'll see uh, more information about the book and um, upcoming volumes. That's at Plow um, on Twitter, P-L-O-U-G-H on Twitter. Richard, off the cuff, and please do not take this i'm not being sarcastic and don't take this the wrong way i think that's cool that you're staying off social media it's <laughs> well it, yeah mm -hmm. as you can see i don't have uh this is my first uh my first book and mm -hmm. uh so i've never really had to be on for uh for professional reasons and um seems to be working out fine without it oh yes yeah because it's it's kind of like you know and i'm sorry i'm kind of digressing but it's kind of nice because it's all it's um it, it i mean it's literally it's like going back you know when i was growing up you know back in the 70s and 80s we never had the internet we never had social mm -hmm. media mm -hmm. you know um you don't get the barrage of all these um news or or even sometimes clickbaits so i'm going to be honest even clickbaits where you click on something it's like well the article didn't say anything to me you know <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's a lot of uh, a lot of time that could be wasted no and that and that's true no that that is very true so, all right, um, I'm going to just jump right in. So, by water, the Felix Mann story. Now, I'm going to read a quote that um, writer Mark Russell gave um, for this story. Quote, both the writing and the art of by water are thoroughly researched and opening and open a fascinating window into Reformation. 
not only as a period of great religious upheaval, but also as the growing pangs of a society struggling to emerge from the past. I have to start, you know, I think that to me that captures, you know, you know, what you guys are trying to tell, what you guys are trying to tell in this story. Is that correct? That's great. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's a very generous um, appraisal of the book by, by Mark. And it's true. Um, Jason's really um, been thinking about this story for a long, long time and just doing a huge amount of deep research, you know, not just into the radical reformers, but also into the time period. Um, what was going on in the 1500s? How did people, you know, live? What did they eat? Yes. Um, how did, you know, crime and punishment work? How did, um, how did people, you know, work? What work did they do? Um, recreation. He even visited uh, with his son and his wife. They yes. visited uh, Zurich and the surrounding areas to, to, you know, to do the research for this book. And he did a lot of photography, um, walked in a lot of the same places that these radical reformers walked. Um, and just really marinated um, in the history. So everything you see in the book, you know, has um, either historical or, you know, uh, a visual backing to it. Um, so that's what makes it, I think, a, a, a unusually um, powerful uh, piece of work. Yes. And I'm going to I'm kind of jumping a little ahead because since you already mentioned that Jason and his family, you know, visit you know, the areas, you know, um, you know, some of the areas where Felix, you know, lived and so forth um did he did he did you guys talk about the experience did he tell you what his his experience were like when he actually was there and and um like yeah i'll let you add from that point on sorry yeah he definitely did and i guess what's what's amazing about um jason's connection to this story is it's actually quite personal his wife is a his wife doris is actually a direct descendant of uh these radical reformers um and, uh, you know, sh she and J Jason are both um, Anabaptist Christians who live in an intentional community like these believers, uh, like these radical mm -hmm. reformers did. Um, so that connection is is um, it's almost it is part of his his heritage. Yeah. Um, and an important part of his family's story. So uh, I think for him to visit those sites was with his um, with his son. Um, and and his wife was extremely meaningful and um, just added a, a lot of texture then to to the art and um, you know how the story ended up looking on the page. Mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna jump also a little bit further because I'm gonna ask you know for listeners because um, you know um, I was I'm not Catholic I was raised Catholic I went to a Catholic school did all the you know, mass and everything. And even we talked about how I did, um, I took a, we had to take a class on um, um, religion history. Um, I'm a Christian, but I'm going to ask you for some of our listeners that don't know, you know, what is um, Anabaptist, what is an Anabaptist? What, what are their beliefs, you know? Yeah, so the, uh, it's, a, it's a good question. So I think many listeners will be aware of generally uh, of the Reformation, how, yes. um, the Bible was translated into the vernacular from Latin, so common people in uh, Western Europe could could read it after years of just having it read by priests in Latin, and many of them couldn't understand it. Um, and there was a big movement, um, ad fontes uh, in Latin, which means back to the sources. Um, so these people, many of them common people, um, were reading these source materials, and what they were reading um, really inspired them that... Um, 
in some ways they've been misled by mm-hmm. uh, the state church um, yes. and, by, and by the authorities. And they saw in early Christianity and in the life of Jesus um, a different way to live. Um, yes. Economic justice, um, economic sharing, um, uh, freedom of conscience, not being coerced to believe things you don't want to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, critically, and this is where the name comes from, um, they saw that baptism, which is sort of a, a sacrament that brings one into the Christian faith, um, they they came to believe that that step could only be taken by uh, an adult who was able mm-hmm. to make a decision on their own um, that this was something that they wanted to do, and this was a this was a a value system by which they were going to live. And at the time, the Catholic Church, well, and to this day, um, the Catholic yeah. Church uh, baptizes infants, and they said, well, there is no basis of support for that in the gospel and it's a matter of uh they they felt it was it was the way for the church to control people um and often for economic reasons so that that um families would have to then pay tithes uh based on uh the number of of people in their family Mm -hmm. so that's Mm -hmm. kind of where anabaptism came out of they they said we don't actually feel like we need to follow these these rules that have been in place and that have been told to us by the priests and, and those in authority. And they, they set out to, um, you know, create another life for themselves. And the thing is, it's, and the thing it's, um, and for listeners and Richard, like you, like you, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong because, and, and I know you already mentioned it, but like, you know, I've read most of the Bible, especially the new Testament. I don't remember seeing anywhere about, um, you know, when a child is born, you baptize them, because the thing is, and I'm gonna, and and I'm gonna, and you know, I'm not gonna, um, um, and because the thing is, you know, again, the clear, the, the, um, you know, John the Baptist was baptizing adults, and the, the other thing too is that, uh, in the New Testament, when you know, it talks about Jesus's life and so forth, Jesus was baptized when he was an adult, not when he was born in Bethlehem in a major, you know, so, so, um, so these Anabaptists, so again, so it just sounds like these Anabaptists are basically, um, are kind of like going back to the original teachings of the Bible. Am I? That's, that's exactly right. That's what they saw themselves doing. Um, they, they came to believe that, um, the influence of power and of, um, you know, wealth in particular had, had caused the church to go astray. Yes. And they saw a lot of corruption um, in, in the church hierarchy, um, and they were determined to break away from that and and try to be faithful to the scriptures as they read them. Their cry was, um, was sola scriptura, um, only the scriptures. So mm-hmm. we're not interested in what other people have to say. What does the Bible have to say about it? And that was their, that was their only source of, of um, their only guide for the, the way they wanted to live their lives. So and then um, um, and I'm gonna because I I did a little bit of research on um Anabaptists and please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong because I because I think their three main beliefs are discipleship, peacemaking, and recognizing the presence of Christ. Did you want to add anything to that or you know or you know? Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good summation. Um, so. I mean, they, they actually came up with a confession called the Schleitheim Confession um, around the time that this book takes place. 
So the the six points of that are um, baptism. Baptism is administered only to those who have you know consciously chosen it. Yes. Um, they believed in um, um, you know uh, taking the Lord's Supper together only of those who had been baptized as adults. That's right. Um, they yes. be they believed that the community of believers should be separated from the evil of the world, so they wouldn't mm -hmm. be part of of things that were wrong. Yes. Um, and cr critically, they believed in in Christian uh, non-resistance, that violence should never be used in any circumstance. And that's something they they stuck with. Yes. Um, and they also believed that Christians should not take oaths. Um, they should only um, say yes or no. And that's, you know, taken from the Sermon on the Mount, mm -hmm. which people may be familiar with Jesus, um, you know, one of the most defining sermons Jesus gave. Uh, you can read it in the Gospel of Matthew. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, thank you very much for that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to continue on because I want to go back to, you know, for by the water. May I ask, you know, so thank, thank you for giving me that, the background, you know, information about Anabaptists, you know, um, the, the, um, uh, they're, they're, um, and like I said, I'm not trying to be, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to be respectful, but, but their beliefs, you know, um, but I'm going to ask, you know, may I ask, what is this graphic novel story about? We know it's about Felix Mann's, you know. Well, uh, yeah, the story really is about this this young man who grew up. Um, he was the bastard son of a of a priest, um, so he kind of grew up grew up in a bit of a, you know, his family wouldn't have been respected that much. Um, he ended up going to uh, to university in Paris, where he's exposed to the ideas of of um, people like uh, Thomas More, um, Erasmus. Um, he's reading, you know, again, ad fontes back to the sources and, and it's really starting to think about what kind of world, um, is there a different way to live? Um, then he comes back to Zurich and, uh, Zurich is in the middle of, of reform. There's a reforming priest there called Oris Twingley. And he gathers this group of young men together. Uh, Felix Mance is one of them. Conrad Grable, uh, he's another character in the novel is, is another, and they meet together regularly. Um, there's, uh, we have, we imagine them in the city sauna, sort of having these discussions together. Um, and they're reading Homer um, in the original Greek. And importantly, they're reading um, they're reading the Bible uh, together. And, you know, it's not wow. it's not really uh, it's not sort of a pietistic reading of the Bible. It's how can we structure our lives um, in such a way that they reflect, um, yes. you know, what Jesus taught. So um, or Swingley is really in some ways a father figure to to Felix Mance at this time. Um, because as, as I mentioned, Felix never really had a father. And, mm -hmm. and so he, he really looks up to Ulrich Swingley, but then, um, Swingley, he, he starts to sort of become kind of a, a kingmaker, um, in the local politics. Um, he, he thinks he can make change through the state, through power. Um, and Felix Mance and his, his friends say, no, um, you know, Jesus never used violence. Uh, we shouldn't either. Um, he, they also bring up this point about, about baptism that infants should not be baptized, um, only adults. And this is a step too far for Swingley. Um, and he eventually turns against um, his former protege and um, ends up siding with the Zurich Council um, in making laws against rebaptism, uh, effectively making Felix and his friends outlaws. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, some brief moments of, of revival of, 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 you know, where Felix and his friends go and go and persuade many people 
um, inspire many people to to you know follow their example. And there's this beautiful um, sequence where they're in this little village called Zalakon. You can see it in the Bible where people are so inspired by what they're talking about that they um, they break the locks off of their uh, their houses and their and their you mm -hmm. know their their drawers and and they share everything together and it's kind of like this utopian experience uh which is kind of interesting if you think of of thomas moore's uh book utopia which was published in the early so they, these people actually experienced it but then this doesn't last long um the council of Zurich really cracks down yeah. they see this movement as a threat to their power and to their um the control of the area and uh well eventually um felix ends up getting arrested and eventually then executed by drowning in in the um Limat river mm -hmm. uh, which runs through Zurich for his for his beliefs yes now um when i well you know after i read after i read the story um i i had to take a step back and really process it you know and the fascinating thing and I'm going to say, you can correct me if I'm wrong, or you can say, hey, no, Jason, that's not what we want. And, and I'm okay with that. But I thought Felix's story, uh, you know, because again, listeners, Felix, you know, was a real life person. But I thought that Felix's story kind of sort of reflected what Paul went through in the New Testament. That's, that's you know, I could be wrong because, you know. Very much so. You know, Paul, you know, um, you know, you know, um, yeah, that, that's what I just thought, you know. Um, yeah, you yeah, know. very much so. I mean, these were both these were both guys who, you know, Paul the Apostle and, and Felix Mann, these were both people who, you know, were able to see something greater than themselves and were able to devote their lives completely to it um, and, and never give up, never give up what they believed in, mm -hmm. um, despite, you know, being threatened with, you know, imprisonment and yes. and death. And Felix himself, you know, had many opportunities to renounce his beliefs, even up, even as he was being rowed in the boat out to the site where he was then pushed off to and, yes. and drowned. Um, they there was someone there saying, listen, if you would just re renounce what you believe mm -hmm. and um recant, uh, then we can just let this go. But mm -hmm. he he refused to. Yes. And similarly, the Apostle Paul um did the same. Yes. Um and the other thing too, also too, was um, uh, you know, um, for me, and again, I took a step back, had processed the story, and then I also realized too that um, Felix and Felix had a had, you know, for Christians, you know, for Christians, you know, Felix had a strong love for Jesus, and he died for Jesus, and it wasn't, it wasn't, and and again, you know, it wasn't. For some, well, you know, we're just, it's the noble cause. It's, you know, this is what, no, he died, you know, he died literally, you know, for our king. That's right. Amazing. That's right. And he, as he died, he used um, the same words of, of Jesus as he died on the cross, into, into your hands I commend my spirit. Um, and um, that's a, just a, a in, in many ways, he, he walked the Christian walk, um, the same walk that Jesus walked. Yes, he did. Um see um i know i'm kind of jumping a little bit more and i'll come back to some of the questions that you know be like a process question film because i want to get to the point where um um sokka's art um was it because there's some scenes in the book 
like, was it intentional for when, um, you know, in the last, you know, the last few pages, you know, after, you know, Felix has drowned, they, you know, his body was pulled out, you know, from the water. They don't show a pull out from the water, but, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think the woman that's holding him is Felix's mother. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, his mother, Anna Mance. And then the thing is, is that just the position of how she was holding Felix is, is, um, it looks like these um, famous Catholic paintings of how Mary, you know, was holding Jesus after they took him down from the cross. Was that intentional? Did you guys, uh, how did that come about? That, that yeah. one pa panel for Felix? Yes, that's, that's absolutely the case. That is, uh, that panel, um, is in some ways to evoke um, the, the Pieta, um, Mary mourning over the body of her son, Jesus, after he's taken down from the cross. But this just points to, to other research that Jason did. He, he also really spent a lot of time digging into the art of, of this time period, into this medieval art. Um, and you can just see um, how that influenced the way Sanka's art then turned out. And, and actually you'll see in sort of the chapter breaks, um, listeners, when you get the book, um, We've interspersed um, some of this medieval art along with the um, the art of the graphic novel, which I think is a really uh, interesting and beautiful uh, touch. Yes, and then I'm going to probably I'm going to touch upon a little bit in the back matter, a little bit towards the end of the interview, but um, because um, I remember in the back matter there was a painting of oh what was it I think um, how paintings were of how people looked possessed or something mm -hmm. you know and 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 that was there was some there's some of the artwork you know um uh in the book about that like oh i think you're possessed or i think satan has gotten to you or something mm -hmm. you, know, you know did you want to comment on that or you know well i just i just think um that's one thing i'm just so proud about this book is is the level of detail um and attention that went into the artwork um this is not you know, this is this is a book that you can spend a lot of time just studying a page yes. um, and studying, you know, what the thought that went into to the layout of each page. It's it's a it's a real uh, piece of of craftsmanship. And uh, again, so much of it is influenced by the, the art period, the the art of, of that period of the uh, 16th century. And then um, another scene I want to mention, because there's there's because there is. There and again, there's some visual scenes. I, I because I I don't want to get too much into it, but um, because um, yeah, but I just want to pick out one more scene that I thought was great, and I loved how in the epilogue. Now there's a character named I'm gonna I hope I'm pronouncing his name George. Is that correct? Yeah, George or Georg uh, would okay. be the German way to say it. Okay, mm -hmm. and then correct. Was he like a farmer? I, I I'm trying he, to remember. Georg uh, Blaurock, he was actually a, a priest, uh, a former priest who ended up, um, again, like many of these men, uh, renouncing the state church, uh, mm -hmm. renouncing the Catholic church. Um, so he was he was a, one of the founding members of the Anabaptist movement. Because I love the ending where there is a scene where there's two panels where um, um, Georg and his quote, shook the dust off his shoes and clothing over the city and the, and in um in Zurich is that correct the city am i pronouncing the city again yeah, yeah Zurich in, in switzerland Zurich and never returned the thing i love about that is 
sounds similar to a Bible verse. Yeah, yep, that's taken again. These these men were well versed in the Bible, and uh, you know it was almost part of them. Um, they were so, and that's one of uh, Jesus' teachings to his disciples. He says, "If a place doesn't welcome you um, and and reject you, shake the dust off your feet and and walk out." Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm I'm sorry, Richard. I mean, yeah, it, you know, listeners, like Richard said, you know, um, you could, you know, when you read this story, you know. There's so, you know, there's, you know, it's, um, you could take time just to look at the panels, uh, you know, um, and just study it. You know, it's not just just the pages, but also some of the, the word, the text too as well. You know, because like I said, some of it I kept reading, you know, going, this sort of looks familiar, like a biblical verse, but it's not like, it's not jumping straight on going, you know, this is from, mm-hmm you know, you know, Mark chapter two or, you know, but it's just, right. Yeah. And it kind of almost shows that, um, that, you know, they're live. this, is, you know, again, and you mentioned it is that, you know, they're living out the Bible. They're not just talking about the Bible or they're not just doing, you know, you should follow this verse and, but they're living it out. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, and hopefully that's conveyed also in, in the way the book is written, you know, these, these people were not trying to tell other people what to do per se. Yes. Um, they, they were saying, this is what we've read. This is what we're going to do. Yes. And, uh, and hopefully our example will speak to other, other people. And that's the thing. And that's the, and that's what it is to even in the Bible. And um, sorry, I'm kind of going off on a tangent and real quickly. I'm not, yeah, because again, the teachings of Jesus, whenever Jesus came up to, you know, um, a sinner, non-believer he never condemned them he didn't say you're the woman at the well he never told her you are a sinner you're an adulteress you should be killed he says no i can off you know you know she's offers him water and he says something to the effect i can give you ever like um everlasting water or something you know something more you know right right he was kind to her he was gentle to her and the only time that jesus was um um and whenever it was the Pharisees, he was always the one that's like, you, you know, he would really get hard down on them. You know? Right, right, right. People who are convinced of their own righteousness and trying to tell other people what to do. Yes. So I, I'm sorry. I don't, I didn't mean to go off on. T- okay. Well, let me try to get back on track. Okay. So I'm going to ask, how did, how did you and Jason meet? Um, so Jason and I, um, we're, we've been friends for a long time and, um, I know he's been working on this project for a long time, and uh, about a couple of years ago, he asked me to come on as as scriptwriter um, mm-hmm. because he was in that place where he wanted to actually, you know, get a an, an outline or a you know, and so we worked very closely together um, in that way. Um, we're also both members of an intentional Christian community, so it's a it's a group of people who live together and we share all our money and um yes everything yes and in, in many ways uh we live similarly we try to live similarly to to the way these people lived 500 years ago obviously yeah. with some some big differences um right uh mm-hmm. so we kind of have a similar background and um so the working together with jason was just you know seamless um mm-hmm. he's just fantastic with with visual ideas and uh you know 
and we just have a great a great collaboration mm-hmm. um i'm gonna touch upon um yeah i think um i'm gonna touch upon like i want to talk a little bit about the um the research part because what i love the other thing i love about this book is um the back matter is incredible uh, because it shows that you guys um respect you know you want to show respect to not only felix but also during the time of the reformation as well because you go through the you know you do a character breakdown in the back pages um you do a timeline of this is you know this is this this is this um and you know um there there's so much back matter it's incredible it's great so if you don't mind me asking you know um like what did your research contain because and and I'm not being sarcastic, but it had to have been more than just looking through the internet. I mean, did you have like actually oh, yeah. have physical books where this is, you know? Yeah, we um we read a lot of books um on Reformation history and uh, not just Reformation history, um you know information about um you know the time period. So there's one uh really interesting book uh, called Diary of an Executioner. I believe it was called. It's basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the diary of an executioner from that time period that was discovered in some archives where he just writes down about his daily work, um, torturing and, and killing people, uh, which just kind of gives you an insight into how people thought about, you know, life and crime and punishment. Uh, we also read a lot of primary source material um, about the Anabaptist interrogation records um, in archives in, uh, in Germany and in Switzerland. Um, obviously, their correspondence. They wrote a lot. Um, they wrote a lot of songs um, mm-hmm. that were then uh, they wrote a lot of songs while they were in prison, I guess, as poems that were then put to music. Uh, yeah. So you can learn a lot about how they thought from those. Um, what else? Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of just contemporary writing um, primary source material, I, I would say, was was some of the the most powerful, um, the most powerful material we had to work with because, you know, you're not you're not you're not reading about it through an intermediary. You're reading the words of people at the time. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, we just, we, myself and Jason um, both just really spent a lot of time trying to get, get as close to what, what life must've been like back then and, and, and how they, you know, how the people back then must've been thinking and, and feeling um, as we could. Now, of course, you're never going to do uh, you know, a perfect job, but I, I think we got about as close as you can. Oh yes, yes. Um, I'm going to ask an off-the-cuff question, and it, you know, um, um, and I'm trying to phrase it right because I just thought of it was, um, do you think the people back in the whether it's, do you do you see any similarities between people that were living in the times and today? Yeah, well, I think that's actually the most. The, what I find the most, you know, inspiring part of, of working mm-hmm. on this project is how contemporary um, the concerns these people had back then um, yeah. are to to us today. I mean, so many people today are concerned about economic justice. Yes. Um, so many people today um, are upset about coercive practices, you know, yes. where people are forced to do things um, against their will. Yeah. Um, people want a, a different kind of society. They want a, a society where things that that's more peaceful, that's more fair, mm-hmm. um, where there's equality uh, between people. And uh, so I would just say that, yeah, 
I think I think many of the concerns that these people in in the radical reformation had um they're the same concerns that that many of us have today whether you're whether you're a believing christian or not that, yes that's true yes um sorry rich i'm gonna continue con thank you very much for that answer thank you very much i'm sorry i'm going to keep kind of like moving along because i don't want to take good. too much of your time so um how did you guys team up with um plow publishing um so plow is the um plow is a publisher of uh you know it, it's a christian publisher but um they're also committed to you know um a variety of of formats and um and uh you know trying to uh spread ideas in different ways and yes. they've been experimenting with graphic novels they have a novel on uh, nelson mandela and on uh, the White Rose, which is a, a resistance group to the not, uh, National Socialists. Um, they have, um, I think, I believe they have one other. Oh, they have one on Martin Luther, interestingly enough, uh, oh. called Luther. So um, they had a, they had quite a bit of experience with with um, publishing graphic novels, and it was just a great fit. The story mm -hmm. was a great fit for them. Um, um, before I before I start wrapping things up, because there's one, I just want to point out one thing to listeners. Um, and I, I'm just going to ask an off the cuff question because it was so cool that in the back, in the back matter, there's a, um, Jason has a picture of the mouth of a cave and, and um, Sanka kind of like drew it that way too. Because when I saw it in the book, it's like, oh, you know, okay, all right. I was like, okay. And then I see, and then I go to the back banner, and it's like, oh, my God. Jason took a picture of it from someone taking a picture from inside the cave. Yeah. I mean, what, what was your thoughts when you saw, you know, did Jason, you know, when you saw that picture and Jason said, you know, I think this is where, you know, they may have, like, hit out, you know, that, you know. Yeah, so while, while these radical reformers were being pursued by the authorities, um, they had to hide out in, in the woods. And uh, one place that they found a hideout that we're almost 100% sure about was this cave. Um, and uh, Jason actually visited the cave uh, when he was in, in uh, Switzerland with his family and took photographs. And then um, Sanka based his artwork off of those photographs. So that's that's very cool. It is. Um, all right. Um, I'm going to say, um, I know, now correct me if I'm wrong, because I think you guys have you guys are going to be working there's two more volumes right um by fire right. and by sword right this is the first of a of a trilogy um by water by fire by the sword will be the three titles and so um this one is coming out this year and i really hope uh, listeners will be able to get a copy and then hopefully the rest of the trilogy will be out within the next um year or so okay all right um i'm going to ask you know um you know, and you, and you can, you know, you can say I can't talk about or anything, but can you tell us what the next volume will be about or the next, you know, two, um, volumes two and three? Can you give us a hint or? Well, they're going to also be stories of of people from this time period, of radical reformers and the different the different paths that they took, because they went down some very interesting, they went to some very interesting places. And I think, um, you know, readers are going to be, be fascinated um, because it's, these are stories that, um, not many people know about you know um richard thank you very much i'm going to ask you know before i start literally close you know wrapping up the interview do you want to add anything else uh, um 
add anything else about by water? I mean, did we miss anything? Is there any, um, you know, anything else important you want to share? No, I think I think what you have, you know, your questions have been great. And I feel like um, hopefully listeners have gotten a good idea of what to expect uh, from this graphic novel. Um, please get yourself a copy. It'll make a make a beautiful addition to your library. And uh, we're just thrilled to be able to um, put it out there. All right. So sorry. So now I'm going to ask you a couple light questions now because. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. So um, like, do you. um. Are you guys planning any convention or book signing appearances in like March or April? And um, I'm looking in April when this is going to be April, May. Um, we're still working on um, a possible launch event in New York City uh, that may happen in, in May or, or June. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're working on that. Um, Jason's actually already been at a couple book signings at some book conventions, uh, which were great. And hopefully we'll be able to do more of them. All right. And then Richard, um, you know, um, have you and your family been to Hawaii? It is a profound regret for me that I have never had the opportunity uh, so far to come to Hawaii. I'm looking forward to that um, and uh, just need to find a good reason for it. Maybe okay. we need to write a graphic novel about something that happens there. There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> come down there for some research. Yes. There you go. All right. Um, uh, um, um, any closing words to our listeners? Well, just thanks so much for having me on, Jason. Thank you to uh, your listeners uh, for hearing me out. And uh, again, please get the book. And uh, it's been a real pleasure. Richard Mahalo, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to interview you. You know, I wish you all the success with By Water, the Felix Mann story. Um, again, I want to give Hannah of Superfan Promotions a big shout out for asking us um, to do this interview. And again, you know, Hannah, just thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to ask Richard, do you want to, I'm sorry, it's off the cuff question. You want to add anything to that? Um, you want to give a shout out to Hannah or anything? Yeah, definitely. A huge shout out to Hannah and, you know, David at Superfan. They've been great to work with. Uh, we, we've met so many great people as a result of, of our partnership. And, and thank you. Now, if you are a new comic book reader or a lifelong comic book reader, please check out Bywater, the Felix Mann story. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. This graphic novel, and you've heard me say it throughout the interview, you know, this will make you think, you know, um, it, it, it's, um, and Richard, please forgive me. I'm not being sarcastic and, you know, please don't take this wrong, but this is not a light, this is not our light reading because, you know, listener, you know, Richard and Jason, you know, have put, it shows that they've done the research, you know, um, the back matter is incredible. It's, you know, again, it's, it's filled with, you know, who these characters are, timelines, um, and, and, you know, and extra added material. It's, it's very incredible. Um, now, you know, some of you may, you know, so, you know, Readers, if you pick up this book, some of some of you may find it interesting because it deals with a lot of religious history from the 16th century. Some of you may find it inspirational because the main character died for, you know, for, you know, what he believed in and practiced, you know, and some of you who, you know, um, believe in Jesus, you know, the Felix, you know, the story of Felix may strengthen your faith. The other thing, too, I'm going to encourage, um, you know, families, you know, you know, to pick up this 
to pick up this graphic novel and read it to read it with your children because you know i you know um because um you know this this is something in some way you know it um maybe i'm wrong to say this but it could like enhance you know you know the bible readings in your family during those times because this is you know it, because again you know felix um you know um you know lived his life for christ he um yeah, he did. And then I want to thank Drew, the co-host of Comics for Fun and Profit, for putting this episode together. You know, Drew, thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. If you are a new listener, please check out new episodes of Comics for Fun and Profit that comes out every Saturday. I want to thank you, listeners. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys. Aloha. Aloha. In a world ravaged by war and chaos. A group of survivors must band together to brave the dangers of a post-apocalyptic landscape. The year is 2000, and the world has been plunged into darkness. The nuclear fires have burned out, leaving behind a wasteland of ruins and radiation. But amidst the rubble and despair, a glimmer of hope still remains. Join Dork Day Afternoon as they face off against marauding gangs, enemy soldiers, and even the harsh elements themselves in the world of Twilight 2000. Will our heroes survive the challenges ahead? Can they keep their own humanity intact? Or will they succumb to the harsh realities of life after the end of the world? Two Past Midnight, an actual play podcast by Dork Day Afternoon.